Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. We'll start Luke 16, and we're going to start reading at verse 10. It says, if you are faithful in little things, now I'm preaching already. Anytime you want to just chime in with me, it's, it's fine with me. It won't offend me if you actually act interested in the service. If you're faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with the greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? I didn't mean to get up in your business this early, this soon. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Faithful Stewards. Faithful Stewards. So we're going to continue the series about prosperity with a purpose. And today, I kind of want to talk to you about the other side of the prosperity message. Sometimes it's not talked about a lot, but it's all over the Bible. And we started this series talking about prosperity with a purpose last week. And we talked about rich God, poor God, on how do you see God? Do you see God as rich or poor? Do you see him as a God who's abundant or do you see him as a God of scarcity? How do you see God? Who do you think he is? And we know from the Bible, God is a God of richness and fullness and abundance and more than enough. That is very clear through scriptures. And I want to tell you this morning, you need to know this. It is God's will for his children to prosper. It is God's will for you to be blessed. It's God's will for you to have abundance. It's God's will for you to be rich. Now, let me just let that linger for a second here. Now, once again, if you were here last week, you know the context of why I'm saying this. But why does God want you to be prosperous and blessed and have abundance financially as his children? Well, first of all, he's a good father. He cares about you. And he wants you to be able to take care of yourself and your family and your needs that you have. But more than that... He wants you to have so much that you can help other people. We believe around here about prosperity, but we don't just believe about prosperity for us. We believe in prosperity for us, but prosperity with a purpose for other people. That is the reason that God blesses us with more than enough. Now, the basic def definition, once again, of rich or prosperity is not... In the terms of what the world says is rich and prosperous. We're not talking about a certain type of car or a certain type of house. I'm not talking about a gold chain. I'm not talking about how much you even have in your bank account. When the Bible says rich and prosperous, it's not talking about celebrities. It's not talking about a certain type of superficial materialism. When the Bible says that God wants you to be prosperous and rich... The basic definition is this, that he wants you to have more than enough. More than enough. 
And, and we know the, the definition of poverty in the Bible is having less than enough. And we serve a God who's a God of more than enough. Not a God to barely get by, not a God to barely pay your bills, barely make it to church, barely pay for your gas. Come on now, somebody. Well, I'm just not going to drive. No, let's believe God. I mean, a couple extra miles of walking wouldn't hurt most of us in here, but still, God is a God of more than enough. And that's the biblical definition of rich. So we're not preaching some strange prosperity message that says this is a get-rich-quick scheme. And if you get to give to God, you're going to get a Lamborghini next week and get out of debt. And you're going to be a God-made billionaire by Tuesday. No, that's nonsense. And sometimes Christians hear that, and a lot of believers hear that type of stuff, and then they're so guilty and ashamed and condemned because their life looks nothing like that. And it never will for most people. And so then they think, okay, well, I guess I just don't have faith. I guess I just don't believe God then because the preacher said that if you're going to be blessed and prosperous, you're going to be driving this and wearing this, and you got a Rolex and Gucci slippers and everything else. No, the Bible says when it means rich and prosperous, just having more than enough. More than enough. Here's a good definition of what prosperous and rich means. Having enough to fulfill your assignment and more than enough to be a blessing to others. Having enough to fulfill your assignment and more than enough to be a blessing to others. But how are we going to do that? Well, the Bible says we're going to do that through faithful stewardship, through biblical principles of stewardship. Now, my concern is this, that a lot of people, especially in churches like ours, hear the prosperity message, hear the God wants you to be blessed message, yet they don't see it in their life. Because they've only been taught half of the prosperity message. And this is what I've seen because this is all I know. I've been in church my whole life. I've been in church like this my whole life, 34 years and nine months to be exact. This is all I know. So I can speak for us because I is us. Is that a lot of people I know go to a church like this, believe in prosperity, believe God wants you to be rich. But yet five years later, the money looks the same. 10 years later, their money looks the same. 20 years later, their money looks the same. 30 years later, their money looks the same because they've only heard one side of the prosperity message, which is this. If you just give in the offering and confess a lot, you'll go be a God-made billionaire. You guys are quiet because that's what you believed, right? Is that what's going on here? That's only half the story. Now, you do need to give. Come on now. And you do need to pray and and believe in God's will is for you to prosper and confess that. But that's not the whole story. And if you believe it's the whole story, you're going to be confessing and running around the building saying, I receive it and being broke for the rest of your life. Trust me, I I know us, and there's a lot of us. 
Because all they think prosperity is just getting excited about some preachers preaching on prosperity and saying, yeah, I received that. And then they're just confessing it every day and maybe throwing a few bucks in the offering. And they never get ahead in life. Why? Because they're not choosing to handle their money wisely and they're not being faithful stewards with what God has given them. You can't separate the prosperity message and the stewardship message from each other. It's quiet in this Methodist Pentecostal Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, stewardship. So I see people that have been taught this for a long time. And then those same people get mad at the preachers. Like, well, you told us that we could prosper, preacher. We, you told us we could be rich. I don't see it. I give in the offerings. I confess all day long, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm blessed, I'm favored, I'm blessed. But yet I don't see it. You don't see it because you're not a faithful steward with the money you have. Not because God's word is not true and he doesn't want you to prosper. But he prospers you through a process. And we play a part in the process. Come on now, help me this morning. And as believers, we need to understand that, yes, God is the one who prospers us. He provides for us, but we play a part in our prosperity. We are working together with God. So if you think that the prosperity message means that God is just raining down paper from heaven, You're misunderstanding the prosperity message. If you think that, that God is just going to put uh, checks in your mail every week and you're not doing anything, you're just sitting at home watching TV, you have misheard the prosperity message. If you think that you're just going to get blessed just because you say, I receive it, you're only believing one part of the prosperity message. Are you following what I'm saying so far? Now, I believe in that stuff, but that's only one side of the message. God wants you to prosper, but he wants you to be a faithful steward with the money you have. And faithful stewardship leads to biblical prosperity. Not just, I receive it. You start there, but it has to go beyond that. And I don't want any of you to remain the same and get discouraged in your money and your resources because you're like, well, we've been taught this, but I don't see it. Well, maybe because no one's ever taught you about stewardship. Now, we need to understand this about God. God is a good God to all. He's a provider to all. The Bible says that he gives to the just and the unjust. He gives to the righteous and the unrighteous. So he is a provider for all. I'm not talking about that. Because everyone gets that. Whether they know God or not, they're breathing the oxygen that he provided for them. The food that they're eating, he provided for them. So, so everybody, to some level on the planet, gets provision from God just because he's good. But God providing for you and you being prosperous are two different things. God providing for you has nothing to really even do with you. He does that to everybody just because he's good and gracious. But your prosperity, you have to be a part of. 
Your prosperity, you have to have your hand in. Your prosperity, you have to co-work, co-labor with God, not to earn it, but to participate with what he's doing. And your part you play in that is called stewardship. I'm taking you somewhere today if you'll go with me. Now, here's a good definition of stewardship or being a steward. It is a person who is responsible to take care or manage another's property or possessions. A steward is a person who is responsible to take care of and manage another's property and possessions. All of us in here are stewards of what God has given us. But let, let's start here. I want to give you Stewardship 101. Stewardship 101. So let's start here. Psalm 24 and verse 1. Let's start right here. Stewardship 101. Look what it says. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And the world and all its people belong to him. Here's a good starting place for Stewardship 101. God owns everything. Here's where we start. God is the owner of all things. This scripture says that God owns the world and everything that belongs in it. God is the owner of all things. Now this is where we start with Stewardship 101, realizing that we are not God and we are not the owners. God is the owner of all things. The Bible says the cattle on a thousand hills is God. The Bible says that all the gold and silver is God. Every tree belongs to God. Every mountain belongs to God. Every river belongs to God. The oxygen you're breathing belongs to God. Every planet belongs to God. Every star belongs to God. The entire universe belongs to God. He is the owner of all things. I'm preaching this morning. But if we're going to be a good steward, we have to first recognize our place in this. He's the owner of all things. God is. But God, who is the owner of all things, has given mankind stewardship. Now, what's stewardship again? It's a person who is responsible to take care of and manage another's property or possessions. He's given mankind stewardship of this earth. Look what it says in Psalm 115, 15 and 16. Psalm 115. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens belong to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. He's given the earth to all humanity. God is the owner of all things. He has ownership, but he has made mankind a steward. So we have stewardship of this earth. Now, this goes all the way back to the beginning. If you know anything about Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve in the beginning, what did he do? He gave them stewardship. What did he say to Adam and Eve in the garden? He didn't say, this all belongs to me. I'm the big boss. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Deal with it, Adam. He didn't say that to Adam. He said, Adam, I have created everything, but I'm going to give you dominion. That's a stewardship word. And he says, I want you to subdue 
and take care of this place I've given you. I want you to grow gardens in the Garden of Eden. I want you to handle the animals. I want you to, to go and do this and do that. And I want you to take care of this. That's what he says. And to guard it and keep it. That's stewardship. That's what he told Adam in the beginning. Adam, I'm giving you stewardship over this earth. Whatever happens here is under your stewardship. Because I've given you dominion. Now all of us in here have the same call. Have the same mandate that Adam did. To take care of what belongs to God. To handle what belongs to God. To be a good steward of this planet, of our time, of our resources, of every gift that God has given us. We are not the owners of this, but we are stewards and we will give an account for the stewardship we have treated God's things. You with me so far? But specifically, since we're talking about prosperity with a purpose, specifically about money. If it all belongs to God, that means he owns it. It's not yours. So the question is, are you being a faithful steward with money that doesn't belong to you? Okay. I'll get up on the seat if I have to. I know it's a pride check, but everything that you have belongs to God. You can admit it or not, but it doesn't mean that what you think is true God's word is true and everything you have still belongs to God now the most fulfilling life is realizing that it all does belong to God and I'm just a steward it's just passing through my hands that's the most exciting fulfilling life and realizing we will give an account all of us in here for everything we did with God's money every word we spoke we will give an account for the way we treated people, we will give an account for. The way we spent our time on this earth, we will give an account for. The way we treated the things of God, we will give an account for. Why? Because we're not the owner. We're just a steward. And we have to be a faithful steward of what God gives to us. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 4, you can just write this down. The Bible says that we, we as stewards must be found faithful. It also says in the book of Proverbs that a faithful man will abound in blessings. Now, I want to talk a second about Jesus because Jesus had a lot to say about money. Most of Jesus' parables dealt with money. And specifically, most of Jesus' parables dealt with the idea of stewardship in your money. Specifically. So it's a big deal to Jesus. It should be a big deal to us. On how we steward our money. And the first passage we're going to turn to is what we read at the beginning. It's this passage in Luke 16. It talks about money. The context is money. Now this is what it says. Luke 16 and verse 10. If you're faithful in little things. Talking about money. You will be faithful in large ones. Let's stop right there. Here's what I've heard my whole life. Well pastor... When I get it, right? When the check comes in. When Aunt, Aunt, uh, Aunt Granny Sue, whatever, passes away and they got a lot of money. 
I'm going to give to the church. When my ship comes in. No, when your ship comes in, you're going to go out on the ship. I've seen it before. Because you go like, I got a ship. I'm going to be at church now. I got a ship. <laughs> Pastor, when this big business deal comes in, I'm going to be a tither and an offering giver. No, you're not. You're not. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. If you're not faithful with what you make at McDonald's, you're not going to be faithful when you're the CEO with your money. And he's talking about money right there. If you're not faithful with $500 a week, you're not going to be faithful with $5,000 a week. You're not going to suddenly become supernaturally generous just because you hit the lotto. Actually, it's proven everyone who wins the lotto because they don't think about right in the, in the first place about money, that's why they're playing the lotto. Goes broke within a couple years. Why? Because they're not faithful over the little things. So when they get much, they're not faithful over that. And they go broke. Goodness, I'm saying something today. Oh, we're barely into this. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. It's talking about money. Next verse. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Let's leave this right here. Listen to what he says. If you can't even handle your money, why would God give you spiritual blessings? We don't connect the two all the time, but God's saying if, if you can't be trusted with the money I give you, why would I give you more anointing? Why would I give you more influence? Why would I give you more favor? Why would I give you more healing in your life? Why would I give you more to help others? If you can't even handle money, why would I give you spiritual things? We don't put those two together, but they go together. God cares about how you handle your money because how you steward your money is how you steward everything else in your life. And if you're not faithful with the money he gives you, you won't be faithful when you get a lot. If you're not faithful with the money he gives you, you won't be faithful in other areas of your life. He said, if you're not trustworthy with worldly wealth, why would I trust you with the true riches of heaven? Next verse. And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? I'm just going to keep dropping like little nuggets of wisdom on every verse. But for those of you who want to start your own business and want to be an entrepreneur, you badmouth your boss and you're not a good worker for them. Why would God give you your own business? I'll throw this mic if necessary. Come on, let's talk about it. We don't put two and two together. Are you a good worker at the job you're at? But God's going to make me a CEO and I'm going to own my own business. No, you're not. Because if you can't be faithful with another man's business, you won't be faithful in yours. If you can't be trusted with another man's money to do what's right on the job and not take an hour and a half smoke break every few hours, then God's not going to trust you with more. Pastor, can we go back to the prosperity message? This is the prosperity message. 
faithful stewards. Most people are thinking, I don't have prosperity because I don't have enough faith. No, you don't have prosperity because you're not a good steward. Oh, I don't have enough faith. That's why I'm not prosperous. No, you don't have prosperity because you're not faithful in the money you have. And you're a bad employee. And you don't honor God with your money. Not because you don't have enough faith. Because you're an unfaithful steward. All right, Brother Les, he said it was good preaching. That's all I need. The rest of you guys are still debating it, right? You're like, you're like I don't know. If you're not faithful with other people's things, now this is prosperity teaching. Why should you be trusted with the things of your own? In notice verse 13. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, we're still talking about the parables of Jesus, talking about stewardship. Jesus said, if you're not faithful over a little, you won't be faithful over much. And here's another parable about stewardship. And you could just write this down. I'm going to tell it to you. It's in Matthew 25. It's called the parable of the talents. This is what happens in the parable of the talents. First of all, the parable of the talents... When we read parable of the talents, we're thinking gifting and ability. But a talent in the Bible days is actually a coin. It's money. So God, in this passage, was not giving them gifts and talents. He was literally giving them money. And in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents says there was a master who gave three different servants, three different amounts. He gave one five, one two, and one one. And then the master went away to see what the servants would do with his money. Now, we know understanding the parables, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus is not here now. He's left us here as his church, and he's given us talents, money, resources to see what we will do with them and be good stewards. But at the end of the story... The master comes home and he looks at the three men he gave the talents to. One had five, one had two, one had one. But the one who had five and the one who had two had invested it and made the money grow. And in the passage for the one who had five and the one who had two who came back later and they had more, Jesus said to those Two servants. Well done, good and faithful servant. Or we could say good and faithful steward. Because I gave you this and you treated it with respect and honor and invested it and was a good steward of the money I gave you. So the one who had five and the one who had two both got the same report from the master, well done, good and faithful servant. But the one who had one did nothing with it. Did nothing with it, like a lot of believers. And notice what the master said to the one who 
didn't do anything with the money and the resources that the master gave him. Matthew 25, verse 28. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant or this steward and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now this will preach. He's talking about money here. Leave this up here. To those who use well or are a good steward of the money that God gives them, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. We're talking about stewardship today. Once again, maybe your prosperity issue is not a name it and claim it issue. It's not a prayer issue. It's not a faith issue. It's not because you didn't give anything in the offering. It's because you're not a good steward of your money. And God, as a good, wise father, is not going to give you more of something that you're going to do nothing with. But it says to those who do something with their money and resources that God has given them, more will be given to that person and in abundance. But if you don't do anything with the money that God has given you, you're a poor steward with your money. Even what you have will be taken from you. And that's not God being mean. That's God being wise. Some of you think that God is a worse businessman than the best businessman you know. No, he is smarter than the greatest businessman, and he's not going to waste his investments. He's not going to waste his resources on people that aren't going to do anything with the money that God has given them. No, God's looking for good, faithful stewards, good, faithful servants. And when you can be trusted, there is no end to the prosperity that God will give you. But you got to show that you're faithful and you can be trusted. To those who use well, they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. God is looking for faithful stewards over his resources on the earth. Are you still receiving today what I'm saying? Many people want God's prosperity. But God, as a wise, good father, is not going to give you more if you can't take care of what you already have. God's not going to give you more if you haven't done what's right with the money you do have. This is an interesting quote. Because a lot of people will say, well, you know, you preach so much and all these churches preach on prosperity, then why don't a lot of them have it? I love this. Norval Hayes was asked this question. And they were saying, well, Norval Hayes, you preach on prosperity and You know, I know a lot of people that go to your meetings and they're not prosperous and they don't have this and that, but you are, but there's a lot, a lot of these other people, they don't have it. So the prosperity message really doesn't work. He goes, no, most people can't handle big money. 
You know what that means? Because most people can't handle big money, God ain't giving it to you. You can pray and confess it till you're blue in the face. You ain't getting it, baby. You know why? Because you can't handle it. That's what the word says. And if you prove to God you can handle it, there is no limit to where God can take you in prosperity. There's no ceiling to where you will hit in richness. God will keep funding you if you show him that you can handle big money. You can handle the resources. That's called being a faithful steward. So next time you ask that question, people say, well, people at your church, I don't think people are prosperous like you teach. Most people can't handle it. That's why God ain't giving it to them. As soon as you want to make adjustments in your heart and your life to handle it, God will start funding you. God will start blessing you. If you're faithful over a little, you'll be faithful over much. You guys still with me today? Is that time change hitting you? You all right? Like Brother Hagin said, if you can't say amen, say oh me, say oh my, whatever you need to say, just say it. The Bible says if you don't take care of what you have and you can't handle it, why would God give you more? So I want to dive a little bit deeper into that statement. This is going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Real practically, God's a practical God. And he says if you're not faithful over little, you're not going to be faithful over much. If you don't use what I've given you the right way, I'm not going to give you more. There's probably plenty of us in here that are believing for a better car, a newer car. What's the question? It's not whether you have faith for a newer car. It's how do you take care of the car you have now? There we go. This is the prosperity message right here. Faithful stewardship. God's not going to bless you. Now, you can, you can get a new car, but you're paying for it. God ain't paying for it. But if you want God's help in getting a new car, you got to be faithful. If you're not faithful with the car you have now, why is he going to give you a better car? So you can trash it and put McDonald's in the floor just like the one you have now? All right, I'll do a backflip off the stage if that's what it takes today. Most people's cars are trashed. They don't get their oil changed. They don't fix their tires. But yet they're saying, I'm a God-made billionaire and God's going to bless you with a car. No, he's not. Because he's a wise father. If he gave you more, you would destroy it just like the car you have. Because if you're not faithful with the Toyota Camry, you're not going to be faithful with the BMW. Man, this is good today. If you're not faithful with a little, you won't be faithful over much. God won't give you more if you can't show him that you're faithful with what you have. That's what it says. But if you can prove to him that you're a faithful steward, there's no end to what God will give you in abundance. I'm not getting off this point. We're going deeper. I want to hear about prosperity. You are. 
<laughs> a lot of you believing for a better place to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, <clears throat> Pastor, I got to go to the restroom right now. <laughs> I want a new house. I want a new apartment. I want a new condo. Okay. How does your current one look? Is it clean? Is it organized? Does your car and your house, when you drive up, look like you live in poverty or like you actually care about what you have? Because you maybe could get something else, but you go do it by yourself. God's not going to be involved in that. But if you want God to be involved in it, you got to be a faithful steward. Because if you're faithful over the house you have now, you'll be faithful when you get a bigger one. If you're faithful with the car you have now, you'll be faithful with the car he gives you. If you choose to be a faithful steward. What about your bills? Do you pay your bills? On time. And not keep putting stuff on credit cards that you can't pay off. And then confessing that God's making me prosperous and God's making me rich. No, pay your bills first. Then God will help you. You're not being a faithful steward. Yep, 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 yep. If you're listening today, I'm telling you the missing ingredient in your prosperity. This is what's holding most of us back. Not the confessing part. Not the giving part. It's the stewardship part. Are we faithful with what we have? Because God will not give you more if you're unfaithful with what you have. What about giving? If it's all God's money anyways, how's your giving look like? Is it every month? Every year? When you feel convicted on an Easter service and like, the resurrection of Jesus is great. I'll give you a few bucks, God. <laughs> or Christmas time. You're being unfaithful with your money. You're not a good steward. A good steward is a consistent giver. Generous with their money. Not just at church, but everywhere. That's a part of faithful stewardship, how you give your money. So we need to understand how you handle your money determines how much God can give to you. Stewardship. And even though God loves you so much, he's a good father, and he's not going to give you more of something you can't handle. You don't got to prove it to other people, but you got to prove it to him that you can be a good steward with what he gives you. And that you can do the right thing even when it's hard with your money. All right. I'm still coming back next week to preach, so. <laughs> Y'all don't scare me. I can do this. Faithful stewards. Faithful stewards of the resources that God has given us. But I want to close with this. Now, that doesn't mean the next five minutes. <laughs> it means I'm thinking. I'm in the process of closing. 
could be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But it did cross my mind. That's what I meant by that statement. So, as we close here, I'm going to give you three, and I've mentioned some of these in the message already, but three ways that God prospers us through stewardship. Three ways God prospers us through stewardship. Now, I had written down these three things a while back, but then I had read a John Wesley quote that fit perfectly with the three points I had, so it fit together perfectly. So this is what John Wesley, if you know anything about John Wesley, he started the Methodist Church, the Wesleyan Church, great man of God, lived in the late 1700s. He preached about money. It was called the use of money, this sermon. And he was asked by people, how should a Christian handle their money that God has given them? And this is what he said. Christians should earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Christians should earn all they can, save all you can, and give all you can. And I want to talk about those three principles of stewardship for the believer. The first one I want to talk about is earn all you can. And I would title that hard work. God is not against hard work. God uses our work to prosper us. In the beginning, before Adam was given a wife... One person caught it. Young adults in here. Before he gave him a boo thing, he gave him a job. Come on now, somebody. Before Adam got anything else, God gave Adam a job. He gave him work to do. Work is not a part of the curse. Work is a blessing. Believers, you need to get this. Hard work is a part of your Bible. I'm not talking hard work about earning your salvation. Not even talking about that. I'm talking about working and doing what God has called you to do. You should do it with all your might, all your strength, all your passion. And God has called all of us to be hard workers with a specific call, a specific plan, just like he gave Adam in the garden, a work and a job to do before he gave him anything else. Work is not a curse, it's a blessing. We need to see it as that. But God works with our work to prosper us. Now, you need to understand that. It's all throughout the Bible. But let me give you many verses. Proverbs 10 and verse 4. Lazy people are soon poor, but hard workers get rich. Proverbs 12, 14. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. Proverbs 13 and verse 4. Lazy people want, want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Come on, aren't these some great verses? Proverbs 28 and verse 19. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. So the Bible's very clear that when we work hard, that God will prosper us through our work. That if we're going to be lazy and just sitting at home waiting for God to send us 
a check in the mail, you're going to keep waiting. No, God works with our work. And it says that hard workers get rich. Hard workers prosper. Hard workers get rewards. Hard workers, God blesses. When we work hard, that's being a faithful steward over what God has given us. So the first thing that we need to do as good stewards is earn all you can to be a hard worker. Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand and your work finds to do, do it with all your might. Colossians 3 says that we should work hard and give our complete ability and strength to our work, not unto men, but as unto the Lord. God works with our work. If you're not going to work hard, listen to me, church family. You're not going to prosper. I don't care how much you confess. I don't care how many scriptures you know. But if you're not going to be a hard, diligent worker with whatever God has called you to do, you're not going to prosper. Lazy people don't prosper. People that sit at their home waiting for a check from the government are not going to prosper. You're not. People waiting for somebody to give them a handout, you're not going to prosper. Being a good steward of what he's given us is being a hard worker. But I love this language used in a lot of these verses, and I'm going to quote it. And it says that God will bless the work of your hand. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Notice what it says in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 9 and 10. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand. And the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and the produce of your land. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he's rejoiced over your fathers. So if we're going to prosper, we're going to have to be a good steward with our money. And being a good steward is being a hard worker. But God will bless the work of our hand. Hear me today. He will bless the work of our hand. Many, many times, God will bless the work of our hand. What does that mean? You got to do something for God to bless it. You can't sit at home and twiddle your thumbs and say, God bless it. You ain't doing nothing. Let your hand find something to do. Then God will bless it. Make, Make the call. Then God will bless it. Start a business online. Then God will bless it. Get on social media and promote your product. Then God will bless it. Get a new job. Then God will bless it. Be a hard worker. Then God will bless it. God blesses the work of your hand. Are you hearing me today? I'm just saying I don't want us to be confused in a church like us because we're just waiting around for prosperity. Pastor told me we're going to prosper. Where is it? You ain't doing nothing. God blesses the work of your hand. He blesses what you do. He blesses your hard work. He, he prospers your hard work. 
That's being a good steward. You, you guys didn't come to hear about hard work, did you, today? He blesses your work. What you put your hand to. So, so what are you putting your hand to, church? What are you putting your hand to? What are you putting your hand to? Are you trying? Are you stepping out on the, the things that God has told you to do? Are you putting your hand to something? Are you, are you studying? Are you researching? Are you trying to start that business? Are you stepping out being an entrepreneur? Are you making investments? Are you doing something? Because God blesses the work of your hand. He blesses what you do. But you got to do something. That's being a good steward of your money. Is to number one, earn all you can. How do you do that? By hard work. God blesses what you put your hand to. Number two, save all you can. Wise stewardship. Save all you can. Wise stewardship. God prospers us through wise stewardship. Proverbs 21 verse 5. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. Pretty clear, isn't it? But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Proverbs 21, 20 in the Amplified. There's precious treasure and oil in the house of the wise. Who prepares for the future? But a short-sighted and foolish man swallows it up and wastes it. So the second thing we're talking about is save all you can. Why stewardship? How do you handle your money practically? Why stewardship can look like this, and this is the reason I'm talking about that this morning, because tonight we're going to come back at 6 o'clock, and I'm going to let Jerry and Josh really tell you how to do this. But how do we show, that, show God that we are wise stewards and we save all we can? We've got to have a plan. Do you have a plan with your money? Are you just winging it? Because if you're just winging it, you're going to be in poverty. Do you have a budget? <laughs> oh, man. This is fun, isn't it? If you knew that this would bring you financial freedom, you'd be running laps around here. No, let's go back to the message where you say, I'm going to give a bitly and prosper. You ain't. Why stewardship? A budget means <laughs> that if you make $1,000 a week, you're not spending $2,000 a week. You need a budget because you're going to end up in deep debt and trouble and it will lead to poverty. What about savings? Most Americans have no savings. If you lost your job next week, most Americans would be struggling within a few weeks. What about investments? Do you have any investments? Is your money working for you? What about retirement? What about debt in your life? Are you trying to get out of debt or are you just stacking up debt? This is all part of 
Why stewardship? Saving all you can. Being faithful with, God, with what God has given you. And until you're a wise steward, God won't prosper you to where you need to be prospered. Wow. The vibe in here is like a funeral right now. <laughs> Gosh, you guys are just struggling right now. This is helping you if you're listening. This is real prosperity teaching. So what do we say? The first thing John Wesley said is earn all you can. What's that? Hard work. If we're going to prosper, we've got to be hard workers. Second thing is save all you can. What's that? Wise stewardship. How do you handle your money? What's your budget? What's your savings? What's your investments? What's your retirement? Are you out of debt? Are you handling your money with wisdom and living with margin and room? Are you preparing for the future? All right, I'll go to the third one. I'll let you two deal with these attitudes tonight. <laughs> they can take it from here. The third thing John Wesley said was to give all you can. That's generous giving. And Brother Daryl, could you come up and play so we can turn the spirit in this room to a more anointed place? I got to joke with you because you need it. You need it. And I need it to survive this today. John Wesley said, if you're going to handle your money right, you got to give all you can. Generous giving. Generous giving. So all three of these ways, God prospers us, but he does it through our stewardship, our hard work, our wise stewardship and our generous giving. The last thing I want to talk about is if you're not generous with what you have, God's not going to bless you with more. If you don't let go of what's in your hand, God won't let go of what's in his. But just think about all the promises in the Bible. It talks about people that are givers. Think about this. The Bible says those who are givers, that God will give back to them, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. That God talks about givers in the Bible. I'm about to preach because i got to resurrect the dead in here this morning. We're ending on a high note here. But God says in his word, givers, that when we give, that we will be blessed. That when we give, that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That when we give, our barns will be filled with plenty and our vats will overflow with new wine. When we give, that people will give back to us. That when we give, we will be prosperous. That we'll have more than enough for ourselves and plenty left over to give to other people. When we give, God says that when you bring all the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse, that there will be food in my house. I will open up the windows of heaven. That there will be such a blessing that you will not have enough room to receive it when we give. And then I will go one step for, further and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake when you give. 
So if we're going to be a wise steward with our money and God prosper us, yes, we're going to have to be a hard worker. Yes, we're going to be, have to be a wise steward with our money, but we're going to have to be a generous giver. And when we show God we can do all three of those things, there's no limit to the prosperity we can have. There's no limit to the richness that God will bring into our life. When we do what his word says, and not just pick selective passages, but do what the whole world says. And the word says that we have to be faithful stewards. I love what John Wesley said about giving. He said, it's not how much will I give to God It's how much of God's money will I keep for myself? Let me say that one more time. John Wesley said about giving, it's not how much will I give to God, it's how much of God's money will I keep for myself. Generous giving is a way of being a good steward, but it's the way that God prospers us. The world says, keep it to yourself. Be stingy. That's how you get ahead in life. Uh Uh-uh. The kingdom's different. The kingdom's all about giving. And when we give, God brings more and more and more and more into our life. I have one last verse to share with you. In 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 in the New Living, Notice what Paul tells Timothy. Teach those who are rich. What's rich? More than enough. In this world, not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is unreliable. Are you seeing that in the news today? It's unreliable. That's why you don't trust it. One bomb could go off and the stock market goes down. Can't trust it. But notice what? He said to do, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good and they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. But let's read it in the Message Bible. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves. Message kind of talks like me a little bit. And so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. And if they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. Isn't that good today? So church family, if we're going to be faithful stewards of the money God gives us, we're going to have to earn all you can, hard work. We're going to have to save all you can, wise stewardship. And we're going to have to give all all you can, generous giving. I've seen you guys even in the past few weeks already step up your giving. So you're getting it. You're getting revelation. Not not just because I'm preaching it, but it's happening in your heart. But we need the full picture of prosperity. And the full teaching of prosperity includes what I said today, stewardship. I'm believing for you 
like never before that this church, every individual, every family is going to prosper like never before because you're getting this message. And not for selfish reasons, but because you want to be a greater blessing to your family. That you'll have what the Bible says, you'll be able to bless your children's children's children. That you'll be able to fund the kingdom of God, fund the church, fund missions, fund the poor, fund the broken, do justice, love mercy, be the church that God has called us to be. And it happens through our giving. And he prospers us for a purpose, and that's to build his kingdom. Could you stand up today? I appreciate you coming today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.